You're listening to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Like the show? Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash nygbc. You should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book that you can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Hello and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast. We leave them so you don't have to, because we got on Santa's naughty list. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Benedict, the second tallest of all Santa's elves. Benedict, what's your favorite holiday meal dish? Ooh, holiday meal dish, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, big fan of a Yorkshire pudding. So I'm, I'm, allowing you, I'm allowing you to include Thanksgiving on this. Okay. It doesn't just have to be Christmas, but let's say, you know, the general holiday okay. season. So... I am a big fan of like s- slow cooker red cabbage and apple vibe. What? It's it's what holiday is it's that? It's a UK shit? dish. It's a, it's like a UK Christmas dish. So it's like this is why I always tell you I never want to okay, try any it's British delicious. food. <laughs> it's red cabbage, apple, apple cider vinegar, little wine in in just like a slow cooker. It's delicious, and then the apple basically dissolves into it. It's this delicious appley red what do cabbage. You do? just scoop it out into a bowl and eat it like a horse going into a, a <laughs> chow bag, whatever the whatever those damn things a food are. Bag, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that you went with. How chow. do you eat that? How do you eat that? Put it on a plate as you eat any vegetable. We're not animals, like... Right, but, okay, I've done corned beef and cabbage for, you know, St. Patrick's Day or whatever. Yeah, that's disgusting. Whenever you put cabbage into a slow cooker, it ends up turning into mush. It's just mush. Yeah, it's not... You don't have to put it in a slow cooker. I normally do it on the stove, but, like, it cooks low and slow. But it's not a slow cooker, necessarily. Either way, it's going to end up being it's, mush. It Still doesn't. Gross. It has it has some consistency to it, so it's very good anyway. So shut up. What about you? Oh, I'm a stuffing guy. Love <laughs> me some stuffing. Okay, that's what I go for. Uh, in or out of the bird, either way, I go for it. Uh, and also, I got to be honest, uh, turkey skin. Turkey skin. Forget is the whole good. turkey. I just want the skin. Turkey skin is the best. I know mo- a lot of people get grossed out by turkey skin, but I, it's the crispiness, the crunchy, uh, it's, ju- it's just so delicious. Chicken, I don't chicken know. skin I don't is understand better, people who don't but, like it. Yeah. I mean, it's a battle of skins. Let's be honest. There are very few skins I won't eat. Uh, when you get down to pork skins, right, you get fried pork skins. I'll definitely I mean, go on those. They're the best, honestly. Crackling. Mm. We call it crackling. I don't oh, know what yeah. you call it here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same thing. Uh, pudding skins. I'll go for Ew. those. <laughs> that is disgusting. <laughs> Open up a that restaurant. That skin that forms on the top skins. of your coffee yeah. if you leave it for too long. <laughs> yeah, good. Good stuff. Yeah. All about the skins, my friend. Yep. Anyways, this is the podcast where we dig deep into the powdered protein jar of right-wing thought to try and find the silicate packet down at the bottom. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm trying to figure out and that metaphor. It's like, are we looking for the dry stuff? 
Like and we... discover what lies underneath it all. That's a weird one. I don't know about that. I feel like that one needs workshopping. Well, uh, I'm never going to write them out ahead of time. Okay. That's how I do it. Yep. But that's, that's what we do here. And Benedict, to start us off this week, what's on your bookshelf that people should read my, other than the just hunks of crap? Skipping my hot take because you didn't like it this week. Is that what we're doing? Oh, hot takes! Yeah. How did I forget hot takes? Better exactly. Like, what's your hot take? My, what's your my hot, hot take? take? I'm sorry. Is, I'm sorry. Is that America has got Turkey and, Turkey Day and Christmas Day too close together, and it results in too much turkey. And turkey, a roast turkey twice in a month is too much turkey. And people should okay, do other things. But I don't think things. people. I don't think people do turkey both days. Maybe not for a lot of people. Maybe not. Maybe not. What What, because, what do uh, you do if you do turkey for Thanksgiving? Then, like, what's the traditional thing well, that one well, does? Thanksgiving is always turkey. Yeah, yeah. I think in most households, Thanksgiving is, is always turkey. But in my house, I mean, sometimes we would do Thanksgiving when I was a, ki- a kid and then do Christmas with turkey again, too. But I think most years, Christmas was something different. So uh, honey-baked ham is a big thing for Christmas. I don't know. I think honey-baked is a national chain, I'm pretty sure. Um, but honey-baked ham is a big one. Uh, sometimes prime rib, you know, sometimes other things like that. But very rarely do we do, do turkey for Thanksgiving and Christmas in okay. uh, in recent years. Well, my hot take is that you shouldn't. And if well, you do, I... you should feel bad. <laughs> but if you want to have a plate of just turkey skin fine. on the holiday table. Totally fine. Absolutely fine. <laughs> absolutely fine. Going right for it. <laughs> What's your hot take? My hot take this week, uh, because it is, obviously, when we put this episode out, uh, the week of Christmas, um, is enjoy your time alone uh because for many of us this year we're going to be spending holidays away from our families and for me this is going to be the first time in my life that i will not be at my parents uh for christmas wow uh because even you know when i was in uh, undergrad i was at uh, uc berkeley and i was a short drive from uh, where my parents were in sacramento uh and even my my first two years living in dc in law school um, they would uh, fly me out for Christmas because they wanted me to be there, obviously, because I'm, I'm such a treat. You're to so have special. Absolutely. But myself and many others are going to be spending the holidays alone this year because it is the best thing to do to not travel right now. And I talked last episode uh, that, uh, you know, have that argument with your parents and uh, be, don't be afraid to tell them that they're wrong. Uh, and I had to do that and tell my parents I wasn't coming. Um, and there is a little bit of, you know, sadness that I won't be there this year. Just a tiny bit, not a ton. Uh, but as Christmas Day gets closer and closer, I do think, oh, there's a, a lot of places I'd rather be than my apartment. So... But many of us will be will be finding ways to enjoy the day alone, and I hope that all of our listeners out there uh, can find uh, something to get you through the day and and have uh, whatever happy holidays you can. Not have. this podcast, please God, don't let it be this podcast. If this is <laughs> if this is what's getting you through the day, I'm so sorry. Well, I, on the other hand, like the fact that people listen to our show and enjoy so, us. Okay, that is not what I meant, but that's fine. All right. Well, Benedict, what's on your bookshelf this week? It is uh, Sing, Unburied Sing by Jasmine Ward, which is a, I guess, like a road novel. It's about a a kid and his mom that go to pick up uh, someone from prison who's being released. And it's like, it's about their journey, but it's also about the family's roots and like the grandpa being like a... um, there's like a ghost story worked in there as well of like someone the grandpa saw die when he ran away from from forced labor slavery 
um on the i think it was on the prison compound i think it, uh, but yeah it's it's really good it's like a it, it's blending multiple traditions and it's it's a very very good book well and if you were kaylee mcenany that would be a Rhodes book <laughs> rather than a road book <laughs> that is a cheap joke but i will take it <laughs> well, it's acceptable what's on your bookshelf Mine this week, and I think I've uh, suggested similar books in the past, right? I want you to read something better than the crap we have to go through. So I think in the past I've I've suggested either uh, Dirk Gently or um, one of those other books, uh, but uh, I am suggesting this week Douglas Adams' classic Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, I had a, a little bit of free time the other day, and I just cracked it open. I have the, the big complete edition, right, that I think most people have. So I just cracked it open to a, a chapter and started reading And that, that book is just one that you'd laugh all the way through. <laughs> that book is so ridiculous and hilarious, and I can't help but love it every time I get into it. Um, it's my comfort food of books. So if you haven't read Hitchhiker's Guide, I don't know who you are and where you've been. Go check it out. It is a wonderful book. Uh, the three books, however many there are in it. Um, and you'll, you'll find yourself laughing your way through the holidays. Right. I didn't know it was a, I don't think I've ever read it to be honest. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No, I'm not kidding. Wow. I'm just not, I'm, I, just, I'm, I'm not I'm, a big, I'm not a big sci-fi reader. I only recently read Dune. Like, okay, but this is Douglas Adams. I know we're talking who it about. is. It's hardly sci-fi as much as it is satire and comedy. Okay. Well, I'm also not Anyways. a big comedy fan. So. Yeah, but you, I know you're a Doctor Who fan. Not really. So I'm, I'm kidding. I am obviously a comedy fan. That was a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, a little bit of housekeeping this week. Obviously, we didn't have a show last week, and we are very sorry about that. We, we beg your forgiveness. I'm a little uh, sorry. It's like... <laughs> you're less sorry than I, I Yeah. Am. It wasn't my uh, fault but, this time. Uh, for once. For once, it wasn't your fault. <laughs> And I got to say, when we started this new show, however many months ago now uh, we started it, I did say at the beginning of that, all right, we're not going to have any late shows. We're not going to be missing any weeks like we did occasionally on the old show. Um, and then I ended up being the one texting you. Okay. To be fair to <laughs> you, like, okay. it is not the first time that I have tried it. Like, I have tried to cancel a show. Yes. And, you've been, and I've told and you, you no have been every like, time. No. So to be fair, you did. You have stuck to it. It's just like you also have to edit it. So if you can't do a show, we can't do a show. Like exactly, <laughs> exactly. So obviously, everyone knows I'm in law school, uh, and it was exam time last week, uh, and I just couldn't find the time to pull myself away from my books um, and get in to record the show. So we're gonna make it up for everyone, and we sort of we sort of figured one way we could do that is to go back to our roots. <laughs> oh, no. uh, by which we mean, I hate it. Our dearly beloved Dinesh D'Souza. So uh, Dinesh D'Souza has a new documentary out. We brought it up before on the show, and so in the new year, we are going to be re- watching and reviewing Dinesh D'Souza's, D'Souza's most recent documentary. Uh, for all of you to enjoy. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. And I think as much as Benedict complains, he really is excited because he has a love affair. He implies with, with that Obama is a bisexual who had an affair with like a drug dealer. <laughs> Based on the reviews we've seen, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, it's very weird. I don't know. I look, I, I, 
I would not suspect anything less or expect anything less from Dinesh D'Souza than that level of crazy. Because even compared to when he put out the book that we read, he has gone off the fucking deep end. I expect him every day to be out at the next QAnon rally. I really do. He is out there because he's lost everything. Because he has nothing anymore. Because nobody takes him seriously except for the farthest, farthest fringes of the right. And every day, the part that loves him gets farther and farther to the fringe. So he has to track with them to keep selling books and whatever the hell he does. So I'm excited. We're going to do that. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. And we hope it makes up for all you missing last week's show. (laughs) In addition, as usual, remember to rate and review us on iTunes if you haven't already. Remember, it helps bump us up in the rankings and help other people find the show. Follow us on the social medias at NYGBCPod and Twitter and Facebook. And with that, Benedict, we move now for the first time to our review of The War on Christmas by John Gibson. The only man in America to envy Michael Savage's career. And I should have said at the top of the show that that's what we're doing this yeah, week. This I realize not, now. Not show. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, I know some people may be expecting uh, the usual show, an episode either from Greg Jarrett or from Ben Shapiro. But because it is Christmas week, we decided to go a special route. Uh, and this is one of my, uh, you know, thrift store dime uh, book finds that I had uh, that I think is going to be a whole lot of fun to do for this Christmas episode. So we decided to do this. Before we do it, we got a couple things to go through. Now, I always like to introduce our authors and give people a little bit of uh, idea about who these people are. So I figured we ought to do that with this, right? Now, John Gibson uh, is from Los Angeles, California. Okay, okay. He is 74 years old. Oh, Okay. And he is best known for being a talk show radio host. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the guy. Yeah, we told us about this guy. Okay. Yeah, so he's he has a, a... Well, here's the thing. Currently, I cannot find any evidence that he actually has a show broadcasting anywhere. But he does have a podcast. Oh, good. Which I find delightful. So we're the same. <laughs> well, that's what I was about to say. Based on the best evidence I can find, he does not have that many more listeners than we do. Okay. Which I also find delightful. Because this guy, at one point, was syndicated by the Fox News Radio Network. That's good. It's a fun time. After he left the Fox Radio Network, he went to Genesis Communications, which is the same network that broadcasts the Alex Jones show. Oh, good. So this guy's career has fallen rather precipitously. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, he He has not had the most successful career. All right. He's also, of course, been no stranger to a bit of controversy okay. in his history. Why would he be? Let's, uh, let's, let's hear about it. Of course not. Of course not. In 2004, uh, he criticized the British Broadcasting Corporation, the BBC, sure. as being anti-American and accused them of having, quote, a frothing at the mouth anti-Americanism that was obsessive, irrational, okay. and dishonest. The, the BBC has never <laughs> frothed at the mouth about anything. <laughs> about anything. It is the most straight down the middle <laughs> reporting that you can ever find. Like, it's <laughs> one of those things where like literally everyone hates it because they all think it's biased against them because it is not biased in any way really yeah yeah i think he had a, a feud with a bbc reporter named andrew gilligan uh which is sort of what i i pulled up on it um and he was making some outrageous claims about things gilligan had never said um but that he had twisted for his radio show uh it's nonsense but then In 2007, following the Success Tech Academy shooting in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, on his radio show, Gibson said, quote, I knew the shooter was white. I knew he would have shot himself. Hip hoppers don't do that. They shoot and move on to shoot again. 
and I could tell right away because he killed himself. Hip hoppers shooters don't do that. They shoot and move on. That obviously got a little bit of criticism. It's not great, yeah. No, it's not great. It's not great. He also made some off-color comments in, uh, comments in the wake of Heath Ledger's death, uh, where he was making uh, jokes about Brokeback Mountain and playing Jake Gyllenhaal's uh, lines on the air. Good stuff. Because he's a douchebag. Yep. So that's a general idea for you for uh, the kind of things John Gibson is about. He is also a rabid George Bush supporter. Uh, George W. Oh, Bush, w. you okay, know. Okay. Uh, supporter of the Iraq War, of course. Um, so it's not not that surprising that we'd find that out of a guy like this. Um, and surprise, it is somewhat surprising that he has continued to hold those pro-Iraq War views. Yeah, uh, everyone else seems era. to have moved on. Like even the like conservatives that were like rabidly pro-war, including oh, yeah. like Tucker Carlson for a time. I was never like that. I was no pro. They all pretend. Yeah, these yeah. Days. Which, Absolutely. like, to be fair, you should. You should have some fucking shame. But yeah, you should. You should. Anyways, right. uh, before we get into this, I also have one more thing to do. Okay. Now, this is not related to John Gibson, but it is our Christmas episode, mm. our, our Christmas special, if you will. And uh, Kevin, Christmas you mean special. holiday special. Come I'm on. sorry, holiday special. <laughs> what holiday special is complete without a little bit of music? So, I have for us today some videos from our beloved Prager U. Oh, okay. It's not uh, real music. I was going to say, you're going to get a suit. No, 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 no. We're going to start off with one today uh, from uh, a guy named Will Witt. Are you deliberately well, doing like a with... Minnesota accent? You're like, we're going to start no. off with one today from a guy oh, named yeah, you know, Will Witt. We're going to start off here today. <laughs> this, uh, this song here, you know, this is one of the great holiday classics here. Uh, coming out for you in Kenosha and uh, all over the radio waves out here in uh, northern Wisconsin. I have no idea where Kenosha is. Uh, could be in northern Wisconsin. It could not. I have it's no clue, to be honest with you. I... Yeah, sure. Who cares? What? <laughs> what is going on? It's a tortilla blanket. Your wife drapes you with a tortilla blanket uh, for some reason. Okay. But anyways, <laughs> we're just in the wacky holiday mood here. Yeah. There's our soundtrack to start us off on the holiday season. Benedict, tell me whatever you would like me to stop. Oh. Didn't see you there. Oh no! Stop! 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 <laughs> just stop! I don't have anything to say. Just please so, don't make me do it. So this is a parody video. Okay. Uh, this guy Will Wit. If you've never heard of him, he is what the right believes a comedian is. Um, Let, let's and do it. Let's go. Commonly does stunts he finds comedic, and what this is, this is a parody of the you know '90s, 2000s. Um, TV uh, commercials for various, you know, mixtapes or, or songs. They would send you um, the net, like the now that's what I call music kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, good um, stuff. So he, and this is what the right thinks is comedy. And so here's, here we go. Here, especially the songs. But let's be honest, many of the classic songs we grew up with are just out of date for our time filled with atrocious things, mm -hmm. like acknowledging differences in genders, celebrating oh, the nuclear no. family, and appreciating traditions and history. <laughs> just like wishing I hate people this a so much. Merry Christmas. Is I, I hate this so much. It's just like, this again, like, it's the same shit again. And like, this dude, okay, if you're gonna make the same shitty argument, give it to someone with some fucking charisma, instead of this guy, yeah. who sounds yeah. like unpopped popcorn. Like... <laughs> 
<laughs> and he is as white as you would expect. Yeah. He is absolutely as white as you would expect, complete with turtleneck and everything. Oh, listen, so there's nothing wrong with a turtleneck, but... <laughs> it's very white. It's very, very white. This is obviously bigoted and outdated. It's time to bring holiday songs into the 21st century by updating them with political oh, correctness. Goodness. Okay. So we're pleased to introduce progressive sounds of the season, modernizing all those cherished classics you know and love, such as Silent, Mostly Peaceful Night. What? Okay, Silent, Mostly Peaceful Night. That's not, that's, that's not even... Uh, how is that related to progressivism? Well, I don't get I, that I one I think it's a bat. riots thing. I think I think that's what they're saying that like the riots were mostly peaceful. It could okay. be, and I, I'll okay. give them credit. First, there are no. Hold on. First of all, si like the the name of the song isn't silent. It like it, silent night is the name of the song, right? It's not like mm -hmm. silent, completely still night. So you can't rewrite it to be silent, <laughs> mostly peaceful night. You could you could do mostly pe peaceful night. You can't leave silent in there because it doesn't make any sense because it's already silent. I know, I know. So Kevin. there's there's a couple of these I will give them credit. A couple of these made me chuckle. Okay, a couple that of them did is, make that me one chuckle. Just makes no sense. His delivery, obviously, complete yeah, garbage. He has it. no okay, charisma going, at all. Going, yeah, going. we'll continue on. I'll be woke for Christmas. Oh my god. That's the one that I would... Okay, that's, that's kind of fucking funny. Okay. That's kind of funny. I'll give them partial credit. Okay. Deck the halls. Fa-la-la-la-la lockdown. Destroy freedom with regulations. Fa-la-la-la-la-la lockdown. <laughs> Use no logic and no reason. Fa-la-la-la-la-la lockdown. <laughs> Did I mention the anti-COVID... Uh... <laughs> No, but, but I also this. I also like that he was like, ah, deck the halls, and then was like, shit, that's the title. Uh, <laughs> what's the bit that people know? <laughs> Fa la 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 lockdown. Okay, that's the new title. Okay, let's do it. But he still yeah, said deck yeah. the halls. Yes, yes. It, it should be Perfect deck the halls with bounce of lockdown. That's so much better. Do you want to get a job writing for Prager You No, but that's so... I, I literally just thought of that. Deck the Halls with Bounce of Lockdown is so much better than Deck the Halls, yep. parentheses, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la lockdown. Yes, yes. Oh, While you're mixing those Molotov cocktails, holly jolly protest. One of my personal favorites, the little looter boy. <laughs> riding around the Christmas tree. So there's a theme. There's a theme, obviously. There's a what couple of themes going one? on. What was it? Uh, rioting oh, around good. the Christmas okay, tree. Okay, good. Good, good. Moderately funny, right? No, uh, not That's funny. what I'm saying. Moderately funny. I mean, obviously, they're coming from a terrible place, and these are horrible people, but that's a moderately funny joke. Is it? I think it is. It's a moderately funny joke. For all my Latinx compadres out there, Felice Antifa. Okay. <laughs> so, A, mispronouncing, mispronouncing Latinx. Also, so, okay. <laughs> Fun, on purpose, yes. clearly. Well, no, I think I genuinely think he probably doesn't know how to say that because he's probably never encountered <laughs> someone that is like a, a, a identifies in that way. He just read it off life. the cue card yeah. as it looked. And to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, before I knew how to pronounce it, like that is how I would have pronounced it too. So mm -hmm. that's you know fair enough. The the uh, the other thing is like as he just assumed that Antifa because it ends in an A is a Spanish word like is that <laughs> Feliz Antifa it's like oh well these two go together also also he didn't even say it with the right cadence Feliz Antifa that would work that would fit the pattern no because it's Feliz Navidad that's what he's doing 
Right, but there's a he didn't say it as he didn't say the cadence. Probably. Okay, fair enough. Anyways, we continue. So. We continue. White privilege Christmas. You'll be sorry after hearing this one. I'm renouncing my white privilege this Christmas, just so my friends will think I'm woke. Okay, that's quite funny because yeah, people right. do do it performatively sometimes, but that's fine. <laughs> Reparations to black children. Straight white men, shut up and listen <laughs> to hear a speech from Robin D'Angelo. And he's holding up a copy of White Fragility while he says that. Yeah, yeah. Some of that isn't a terrible idea. Maybe you should shut up and listen, dude. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so it goes on for another minute, but I don't think we need to go okay. through any well, more of that. Well, thank you for that. Uh, I just wanted to give you uh, a little taste of what my afternoon Thanks. of Googling and watching videos was like. I hated it. But we do have another. And this one uh, is a lot easier for us, for our purposes, because it's not a bunch of stupid titles. Uh, this is a video from 2016 and one that, as I always say, it's depressing how many views these videos get. This one had How many views did that last one have? Um, I already closed the window, okay. so I can't tell okay. you. But this one... 14.4 million views of this video, which is astoundingly depressing to me. Uh, this is Dennis Prager's Just Say Merry Christmas. Okay, let's do it. The change from wishing fellow Americans Merry Christmas oh, God. to wishing them happy holidays. Kevin! <laughs> There's a theme oh. this week, Benedict. It is our Christmas special. N none of this is right, though. What? And you're supposed to correct me and say holidays. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I know. I, I'm just so fucking angry you're making me do this again. I know, but it's fun, <laughs> isn't it? Is so it? we have Dennis Prager okay, here go. telling us about the huge issue that is him being forced to say happy holidays, even though he is not a cashier at Target. Is a very significant development. No. Proponents of happy holidays oh, argue John it's no music. big deal. Proponents of Merry Christmas are making a mountain out of a molehill. Okay. Are they, the are they doing... Holidays okay, stop it a sec. Are they doing the graphics yeah. in the background that they normally yes, do? Yes, yeah, okay, And there, there's people standing outside of a store with picket signs that say Happy Holidays and Merry Christmas. But I do want to say, pretending as though it's the sides are proponents of Happy Holidays versus proponents of Merry Christmas, when the reality is there's a group of people who just say Happy Holidays because they recognize there are other people in the world than them. Yep. And there's companies who tell their cashiers, yeah, just say Happy Holidays. You know, don't need to do anything crazy. Um, and then there's people like Dennis Prager going, you say Merry Christmas or die, motherfucker! <laughs> That's the two sides in reality. We continue. Advocates want it both ways. They dismiss opponents as hysterical, uh -huh. but at the same time, in addition to replacing Merry Christmas with Happy Holidays, they have relentlessly pushed to replace Christmas vacation with winter vacation and Christmas party with holiday okay, party. Okay, pause it. Again, not everyone celebrates Christmas, yes. Secondly, you're lucky we give you a vacation, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's no special reason for this type. Like, it's a Christmas vacation and everybody knows it, but we call it holiday vacation so that we don't make people feel left out because that is cruel. And if you want to say Merry Christmas to your family and to the Christians you know in your life, nobody is stopping you doing that. And if you want to say it to the cashier at Target yeah. who said happy holidays, they don't give a shit either. Yeah, you can't just be like, Merry Christmas, say it back. <laughs> Which I'm sure is how he acts. 
<laughs> I may have come close to clipping on that last bit. I really yelled yeah. that into yeah. the mic. <laughs> so then, which is it? What? Is all this elimination of the word binary choice or not? The answer is obvious. It's very important. Okay. That's why so much effort is devoted to substituting other words for Christmas. So I do want to say that the other side that's going on Happy Holidays, they aren't putting out YouTube videos that get hit by 14.4 million people saying, we need to say Happy Holidays. No, I've never seen such a video. That's you, Dennis. Also, to be fair, there are probably some atheists that do do that. Yeah. Yeah, people we probably know, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, but none of us care that much about it. Yeah, I don't think. no, look, I don't think they should say it. The majority it. of us I, don't care. I don't think they should say it in public schools, which is going to be a relevant thing later. Yes, but, it will. Because that's a church and state thing, and it's a it's a state funding thing, and there's no official religion in America, as everybody knows. Carry on. I, and look, I don't have a problem with people saying Merry no. Christmas uh, in public schools even. Because I think Christmas has very much become a secular Yeah, whatever. Holiday. I don't care. Like, I don't really care. I would rather we didn't re- religiosify, that's a word, public schools. <laughs> well, we'll get to that when we get into the chapter. Sure. But for now, we continue on. And these efforts have been extraordinarily successful. In place of the universal Merry Christmas of my youth, in recent decades... Okay, Dennis Prager's youth is fucking 1863. <laughs> I have been with... Happy holidays by every waiter and waitress in every restaurant I have dined. Oh no. By everyone oh, who welcomes me at any business, by my flight attendants and pilots, oh, and by humanity. just about everyone else. People have been courteous and professional you, to me Merry everywhere Christmas. I go. Right! Right! Isn't that such a big fucking thing? The people are being nice to you, and you're saying they're not being nice in the way that makes me feel most Jesus-y. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. I often sense that I've actually created some tension. Many of those I wish Merry Christmas are probably relieved to hear someone who feels free to utter the C word. Okay. But How about the N word that you demand you be able to say, Dennis? Yeah. How would they feel if you went around saying that? Yeah, not great. All the sensitivity training they've had to undergo creates cognitive dissonance. No. The opponents of Merry Christmas and other uses of the word Christmas know exactly what, are what they're doing. other uses of the words Christmas? They're Go just... Christmas yourself. <laughs> a, I want that to be a thing now. And B, I didn't realize it until you just said it. I can't think of any other use of the word Christmas. Other than like, Christmas shopping. Hey, it's Christmas. Maybe he's referring to the Christmas vacation maybe, thing. Maybe, maybe. But we haven't banned that movie yet, as far as I can tell. Chevy Chase hasn't been outed for any sort of sexual misconduct yet. Yet, I say. It's ingenuous when they dismiss defenders of Merry Christmas what as is fabricating that some, in the quote, war on Christmas. <laughs> so, so um, he's, he's now saying that the, you know, they're fabricating the war. They're claiming that we are fabricating the war on Christmas. While the character representing um, him <laughs> is standing next to a Christmas tree. Um, and the other side is now holding an assault rifle oh, and pointing it at the guy standing next to the Christmas oh, tree. Yeah, yeah famously yeah. the people who hate Christmas that have guns. Yep. Yep. Of course it's a war on Christmas. Or more precisely, a war on the religious nature of America. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. There we are, baby. Of course it is. 
Of course, because even though out of the same time they argue that Christmas is a secular holiday so that they can get it in everywhere, it's a war on the religious nature of the United States. Which deliberately did not enshrine a state religion. Good stuff. Yes. America, like the left in Europe, wants to create a thoroughly secular society. Excuse me. Yes. The, not the, a secular... Okay, fuck you. The Christmas markets in Europe are the bomb. Like... <laughs> Carry on. Or government, which is a desirable goal and which in any event How has always been the case in America. everything to big government? It is remarkable. It really is. It astonishes me sometimes. It really does. Secular society. Most people do not realize that the left believes in secularism as fervently as religious Jews and Christians believe in the Bible. What? <laughs> I fucking love that so much. I love that so much. Look, I believe strongly in a secular society. I don't believe in it to the point where I will give up my Sundays to go sit and listen to somebody drone for an hour about it, okay? Yeah. It's also not, like, th there's no, like, text of secularism that, like, no, outlines principles that we have to follow. Like, I, yeah. physically, as much as I would like to, I can't believe in secularism in the same way a religious Christian believes in the Bible, because that's not two things that are comparable. Uh. That's why Merry Christmas bothers secular activists. It's a blatant <laughs> reminder of just how religious America is and always has no. been. No. So here's a prediction. Activists on the left will eventually seek to remove Christmas as a national holiday. Now, the left... Everything, now how, okay. is that, how is that prediction gone Everything so far the in French the, the four years these since? People. Like, they literally have no imagination <laughs> beyond the French Revolution. I agree. I 100% agree. ...doesn't announce that its agenda is to thoroughly secularize American and European societies. Instead, they offer the inclusiveness argument okay that merry christmas or christmas party or christmas vacation is not inclusive mm. this inclusive argument plays on americans okay, highly developed it, sense it, of decency you know if someone came up to him and was like hey dennis happy hanukkah he would freak the fuck out and be like who do you think or even worse hey Eid al -Fatr. like yeah, oh no yeah. Oh no. Happy Ramadan. Yeah, Happy Ramadan, exactly. buddy. How you doing? Yeah, fuck off. He would go ballistic. He'd go ape shit. Yeah, exactly. Jesus so this Christ. is nothing. I also yeah. I love that he ended where I hit where I hit pause was where he said it plays on America's highly developed sense of decency. Love, love that. Tell that Jesus to the Christ. children in cages. Oh fuck. But the argument is preposterous. Who exactly is being excluded? when one wishes someone Merry Christmas. Non-Christians. Non-Christians? Yes. I'm a non-Christian. I'm a Jew. Christmas is not a religious holy day for me, but I'm an American. Okay, so I just remembered now that he is well, Jewish, whatever. so He's... your argument about somebody okay, saying happy, happy Hanukkah to him? <laughs> the, but the Ramadan the, one the still Ramadan holds. Thing stands. <laughs> I completely forgot that Jenis Prager was Listen, Jewish. Listen, I don't make assumptions about people's identities, so... <laughs> it's not often that you get... <laughs> Someone who's Jewish doing a five-minute video about everyone should say Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> All right, carry on. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe edit the Hanukkah bit out. <laughs> I'm leaving it in now, okay. baby. All right.
Erica. Although, you know what? If I'm to be honest, Dennis Prager probably would get mad if somebody wished him a happy Hanukkah. Yeah. Just the way this motherfucker is, this grisly old white piece of yeah. shit, he absolutely would get fucking angry about it. <laughs> he would demand they say Merry Christmas. I am I am blessed is- to not know enough about Dennis Prager to know, to, for that to be the case. So that's good. Oh, you're going to be learning more about him, buddy. Good you're going to be learning a lot good more stuff. about him. Good stuff. It's a national holiday in my country. It is therefore my holiday, though not my holy day, oh my as God. much as it is for my fellow Americans who are That's Christian. That's like, like if you squint. I hate when people do that. Like it's, ho- it's, it's a holiday, but it's not a holy day. Like I guarantee you, there is probably a video somewhere on a different topic where he went back and said something about the etymology of holiday being related to holy 100%, day. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Absolutely. That's why it's not surprising that it was an American Jew, Irving Berlin, who wrote White Christmas, one of America's most popular Christmas okay, songs. Okay, because people in fit fact, into the culture. In fact, according to a Jewish musician writing in the New York Times, almost all the most popular Christmas songs were written by Jews. Apparently, all these American Jews felt quite included. This is a weird version of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. <laughs> You know, it's funny, too. A lot of the people who sued to get things like prayer out of public schools, also Jews. Yes. Also Jews. Because it wasn't their prayer, and they were being forced to do it. Weird. Weird, weird how those that, things yeah. Can... All right, carry on. Yeah, weird how people can have different ideas. By not wishing me a Merry Christmas, you are not being inclusive. You are excluding me from one of my nation's national holidays. That's why we wished you happy holidays dennis it's one of those holidays just just out of interest i wonder how he feels about martin luther king jr day i wonder if he's made a video about that Mm, maybe something we'll have to uh return to early next year but even if christmas were not a national holiday i would want pilots to wish their passengers merry christmas companies to have christmas parties and schools to continue to have christmas vacations just because I don't personally celebrate Christmas, why would I want to drop the word Christmas when the holiday is celebrated by 90% of my fellow Americans? It borders on the misanthropic, not to mention the mean-spirited, to want to deny nearly all of your fellow citizens oh. the joy. Okay. And the video now is a group of people beating up a Santa Claus who's lying on the ground. <laughs> Of having Christmas parties. Oh, I can hear the hits coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The vast majority of Americans who celebrate Christmas and who treat non-Christians so well deserve better. Okay. The people who scream that you need to say Merry Christmas are not the ones who treat non-Christians very well. Absolutely fucking not. Also, dude, like, again, (laughs) who fucking cares? Like, you just said 90% of the people celebrate Christmas in this country, which I'm not sure is true now. But anyway, um, just... That's you it. That's, uh, there's, there's like 25 seconds left in the video. It's not worth watching. You won. You but... you get to celebrate Christmas. Like it's fine. Yeah. Like 90 percent of people celebrate Christmas. Who cares if like whatever. Like everyone has a fucking Christmas tree. No one calls it a holiday tree. There. Look. There's uh, audio tape I can play you of the first lady mentioning Christmas. <laughs> How, what more could you ask? Who for? fucking cares? What more could you possibly ask? All right. For? Let's do it. That's it. That's our Christmas videos uh, for the episode. With that, Benedict, why don't we return 
or get to for our first time, the review of our book, The War on Christmas, How the Liberal Plot to Ban the Sacred Christian Holiday is Worse Than You Thought by John Gibson. And I will also say To be honest, (laughs) Kevin, it probably is worse than I thought because I thought it did not exist. So... Well, you may also be correct with that, but I will say um, the copy that I have um, has one of those little uh, those little explosion bubbles on the front right to indicate uh, you know something that the publisher wants you to know about the book, and it says with a new afterword on the Christmas on the battles for Christmas two thousand five. <laughs> Good, all right, but. The chapter we chose to do this week for our Christmas spectacular. I would like to disassociate myself from this we. (laughs) It's chapter three. And Benedict, what did we read this week? Well, this week, Kevin, we read something about, I don't know. I didn't write a bit for this, honestly. Oh, you bastard. I'm sorry, I didn't know. This is not a very good Christmas gift for everyone. I didn't, I didn't know this was being being shoved into the normal structure, so I, I didn't You could have said, we read the most beautiful gift of all, the gift of ignorance. <laughs> that would have been wonderful. Do you know, we read something that made my heart grow three sizes and stop beating. <laughs> like... <laughs> a book entirely made of cholesterol. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this chapter, I should just give the title since Benedict's too lazy to. Yep. Uh, this is titled Baldwin City, Kansas. Santa gets bounced because it's discovered he's Christian. Okay, so obviously I have the book because obviously I yes. purchase books when we're reviewing them. That is something mm-hmm. I do always. But. Mm-hmm. Um, is it just because I haven't looked at any of the other chapters because you just told me to read this chapter, but I do have the book. Mm-hmm. Is is it just like they do like a chapter each on like some big incident that it proves the war on Christmas? Yeah, is some that the conceit here? Big yeah, incident. Okay. Like we this this huge incident we're gonna learn about in this chapter, okay, right? Cool, cool, cool. So like chapter six, for example, is called Indianapolis, Indiana, the law school evicts a totally legal Christmas tree. And <laughs> chapter five is titled Eugene, Oregon. Therefore, we decided to ban them. They're all ridiculously overdone. Um, okay, you know, but it's just like we like found that. one incident in one tiny town of some yes. shit that and they happened. Are all, yeah, yeah, they are all equally as pathetic. Okay, as this, this one. one is extremely pathetic. So, yes. So, what is your alternate chapter title for uh, this, this week? Going with the hearts, hearts growing in size theme. It is the Grinch who stole Christmas. Very good, very good. Very good. I had two, as I always uh-huh. do. Uh, and both of them are a little uh, sing-songy. Okay, that's it. Uh, so my first one is, Onward Santa's <laughs> soldiers marching as to war. They made me of sing that they... in my school assemblies. When really? I was like, yeah, Britain is not very good at keeping religion out of, pub- uh, out of schools. So I used, to, I used to gather like in our giant hall of like a thousand students and we had hymn books and we would sing every assembly like, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday were all singing assemblies, they were called. And then on Thursday, we had a non-religious assembly. But then we uh, we had to, we all had to sing. And that was always one of them, Onward Christian Soldiers. That We do that like once a year, maybe once a semester. Because like that wasn't a very popular, but like we had. Um, what's that? No, it's not a very popular that, song. There were a lot of like happy clappy ones, like the dance. Then wherever you may be, I am the Lord of the dance. Said he, and I'll lead you all <laughs> wherever you may be, and I'll lead you all in the dance. Said he. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just gonna devote the next five minutes of the show to having you sing songs you learned as a I, child. So, I have I've literally not interacted with that song in any way since I was 11 and it is literally imprinted on my head. 
<laughs> that's good. That's like for me, that's like a lot of uh, radio jingles or uh, not even jingles, but like I can remember off the top of my head till the day I will remember till the day I die. I will remember Shane Company off North Sunrise across from the Autobahn <laughs> or online at ShaneCo.com, which was like a local diamond store in the Sacramento area. I will never be able to forget because every single commercial ended with that. Just dead on that. Uh, but my other one, also, again, uh, sort of sing-songy, is just, uh, Jews will not oh, replace no. us. That is <laughs> more of a chant, I would say. <laughs> because that's what the fuck this chapter is, yeah, man. Yeah, not, not a fan of the chant. That's what I suspect this entire book is. Because the entire thing is, we want to have our Christmas and fuck everybody else. Yes, yeah. no one because else is allowed to say, like... When you get down to how lame this whole argument is, that's all this comes down to, is fuck everybody else. So he starts off this chapter saying, quote, What does Santa have to do to get fired? If he doesn't smell like whiskey on the job, if he's not a child molester trying to get close to kids, if he's not already wanted for other crimes, what does Santa have to do to get fired? Uh, to be honest, that sounds like he's tried to be a Santa and then has done one of those <laughs> things, and they've been like, you can't be a Santa. What the fuck is Santa, Santa got to do? What's Santa, what's Santa got to do to get a kid on Listen, I know, I know they don't let you be Santa if you've done any of these five unrelated <laughs> things, but... <laughs> He has the, it's his five dirty words. It's his list of dirty words you can't say on TV. It's his things you can't do and still be Santa. Yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure Santa does many of these things. We carry on. There's, yeah, there's plenty of Santas out there. Plenty of Santas out there. But this story comes down to Baldwin City, Kansas, and an event that happened in December of 2003. And when this is all done and said, Santa Claus was no more. In Baldwin City but, look, By the way, just like apropos of nothing, like right when the U.S. was deciding to invade fucking Iraq, and then this <laughs> this, this dude is like, and this was the big. This issue. is what I need to write my book about. <laughs> so this story is about uh, a Santa Claus who was going around the school, uh, the the school district, and I should say Baldwin City, Kansas, is a very small town. It's about forty five hundred people to this day. So it has, a, it has a university there called Baker University, which has about 900 students-ish. Um, so very small. We're talking very, very small town. They do have a newspaper. It's a weekly newspaper published on Wednesdays, or at least it was back in 2003, which is when I had to go back to to get all the fucking facts about this case. Just <laughs> Kevin looking through the microfoil like, what does that say? <laughs> Oh, I was so happy when I found out they had the archives of the newspaper on their website. I was, I wanted to call them up and say, thank you. Thank you so much. You've done such a wonderful you job. Didn't. I'm so happy. Good stuff. No, of course I didn't. Uh, but so I actually, I had to look up a lot of this because, and what I found, and I'll just tell you this up front, basically this entire story, everything he's going to write about for this, I don't know, it's about 18 pages, I think this mm -hmm. chapter is, um, comes off of basically three articles that were published in that newspaper. And one of them was just like the weekly report about what happened at the school board meeting. Mm -hmm. Another was like a letters to the editor. And another was just one written by one of the staff writers about this controversy yeah. that had happened regarding It's also largely like this whole story is like, hey, we have this guy that made a complaint. And then this, well, this person that made a complaint. And then this other person who's coincidentally super Christian who said that none of that happened. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah, that's fun. what it comes down to. <laughs> And he has a lot of quotes in this chapter. And let me say, all of those quotes that he has, basically, pretty much came from those three articles I just told Good you stuff. about. 
There's some he apparently was writing emails back and forth to the individuals involved, uh, which I guess that that's decent. You should do that if you're trying to write something like this. But the majority of what he writes is just based off of those three articles and some national. There was like you know a national news sent out a truck and we're like, there's this thing going on in this little city and blah, 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 blah. isn't that cute? Ah, oh, the provincials, like something like yes. that. Yeah. Basically, and it is funny. I also I found like a lot of the letters to the editor of uh, the local newspaper when I was looking through all this stuff, where people are like, "I'm sick of all these news trucks coming out here from Kansas City, bringing their big city ways out here to our town. Kansas what city. do they think they're doing out Good here?" Stuff. But I do want to give credit to the Baldwin City Signal. That's the name of the newspaper that I used uh, a lot in my background research right. on everything. Let's, that, let's that tell actually the people what happened here. then. Yes. So. To begin with, he gives us an overview of Baldwin City. And this is reading what he had to say about Baldwin City. I was just like, oh, man, this actually this sounds like a place I'd want to go spend a weekend staying at a bed and breakfast. This sounds like a nice little town. This sounds lovely. And the more I looked into Baldwin City, I was like, this looks like a place I would want to go spend a weekend on a short, you know, getaway and just walk down the old main street and take a look around when the leaves are changing colors. It'd be lovely. This is a wonderful little place. It's close to these battlefields where John Brown um, had a battle with pro-slavery forces as part of Bleeding Kansas, all this stuff. It's an interesting as shit place. But to John's chagrin, It is the only county out of 105 in the entire state of Kansas that voted for John Kerry in the 2004 election. So what you're saying is the only one that voted for the devil. Yeah, basically, in in John Gibson's mind, yeah, that's basically what happened here. This is Douglas County, of which Baldwin City is a part. Yes, and it's it's a, a... Near Bald, so Baldwin City is near uh, Lawrence, Kansas, which I think would be like the larger city around. So it's sort of like a quasi suburb. It's about 15 miles uh, from Lawrence, Kansas. So it is, like I said, a small town, but it does have the you know neighboring city nearby, and it's sort of a place where people go when they don't want to live in the city, maybe, but they want to, uh, or they, you know, they want to work there, but they don't want to live there, so they commute in stuff like that. So in December of 2003. A hubbub erupted over Santa Claus in Baldwin City after the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, which is how I'm sure John says it, sent a letter to the school board of the Baldwin City School District. Um, And according to what, and I have the full letter. I found the full letter that the ACLU sent. And I'm going to read this just so you can have it in your mind as we're going through the rest of this chapter and all the things that Gibson has to say about what what transpired. Because this is the extent of what the ACL, this is the entire action the ACLU took. This is all they did. They sent this letter. That is it. Nothing further. (laughs) And the letter says, quote, Dear member, USD 348 Board of Education, it has been brought to our attention by alarmed citizens that improper religious activities may be occurring in Baldwin schools. On their behalf, we are inquiring about certain district practices. Specifically, we ask you to assure us that the following allegations are unfounded. Christian clergy dressed in a Santa Claus suit may proselytize a sectarian message in USD 348 public schools in the near future. Students appearing in need of guidance by administration are referred to Christian resources. Christian missionaries have been granted access to students participating in after-school programs. The district has provided extracurricular passes to the above-noted Christian missionaries. 
The matter of state-sponsored religion was decided by the U.S. Supreme Court in 1963, Shemp v. Abington opinion. Writing for the majority, Justice Tom C. Clark said, quote, In the relationship between man and religion, the state is firmly committed to a position of neutrality. Mm -hmm. We ask you to direct your administration to investigate these allegations and report at your next regular board meeting. If they are unfounded, we thank you for your cooperation in preserving the rights of all Baldwin citizens. However, if any of these allegations are factual, we urge you to direct administration to comply with federal law. Thank you for your cooperation. That's it. That's all the ACLU did. Good stuff. And the ACLU handles these sort of issues a lot. Uh They get contacted by people who live in the community, whose children go to public schools. And public schools are one of the areas where we need to maintain this strict uh, separation of church and state more than any other. Because these are people's children we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I don't have kids. I don't particularly want kids. But if I did, I wouldn't want them going to school every day and being proselytized. No. So... The ACLU pretty regularly has to send out letters like these to school boards, which tell them, hey, we've been told that this was going on in your school. What's up? You should look into it and make sure it's not happening. And then no further action is ever taken because the school board will either usually say, "Uh, we can't find any evidence that that happened and nothing will go on any further than that. Or the school board will say, oh, shit, we didn't know that was happening and correct the issue. And it's usually not a big deal. But But in this case, it ended with them Banning Santa Claus. Didn't they just fire the one person that was playing Santa? Is that not what actually happened? They didn't even go there. Okay, okay. They just didn't invite him back to be Santa. Gotcha. They just didn't. So So they fired him and took his money. Yeah. Okay, good. So what this comes down to is the school superintendent, a Mr. I believe Jim White. Let me get his name right so I make sure I have the right name. James White. So Jim's probably correct as the superintendent's name. Um, He had, for the previous couple years, been bringing a Santa Claus around to the schools to do Christmas stuff with the kids. And it just so happened that the guy he was inviting was also the assistant pastor of his church. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And according to Mr. White, of course, it's all because, look, this guy had a long white beard. He just looks like Santa. That's the only reason we're going to bring him around. Okay, to be fair, it's also a really small fucking town, so... (laughs) That is only true. certain that is amount true. of people that could legitimately play Santa. Look, I've played Santa before. I, I could played see Santa that when I was twenty-two. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I was I was much thinner. Then. Uh-huh. I was much much thinner. I had to have the fake padding. Okay, I had to okay, have the fake okay, belly. Okay. I could do the real belly now. Okay, I don't you even need shake the your belly like a bowl full of jelly. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. But another of our players in this game, besides Mr. White and the, uh, the pastor, are Stacy Cohen. Now, Stacy Cohen is a member of the Board of uh, Education, uh, the school board okay. in uh, Baldwin, Kansas. And uh, her daughter goes to a school in the district. Okay. And Stacy Cohen's daughter told her one day that, quote, she had gone to the gym for an assembly and Santa talked to them. The line that stuck with me was, quote, if you believe in Jesus, Santa will bring you toys. That is apparently <laughs> one of the things that she claims her daughter was told. Now, that's a big fucking issue. I know yeah. they don't want to pretend that a lot of this stuff is... Pro- I, I think Gibson himself would say that's no big deal. But that's a pretty big fucking deal. Yeah, that is a coercive be... as shit statement. Yeah, exactly. Continuing on with the story, according to Gibson, uh, the Baldwin City Signal, the newspaper I've been using as my source... Mm-hmm. C- contradicted this because they reported that James White said that didn't happen. Great. Cool. 
So it's one dude's word Fred. against another dude's word, one of whom was directly involved. Good, good, good. One of whom brought his pastor yeah. to the school. One of whom had the interest in maintaining the lie that it didn't happen. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, and as we go through this chapter, we'll learn more about Mr. White that makes me doubt his account. Okay, okay, okay. Transpired. Sounds good, sounds good. So according to him, the story was that he would go around to schools and Santa would ask the children if they knew why Christmas was celebrated. And one of the kids would say that it was connected to the birth of... And I'm just going to read this paragraph that Gibson wrote because it's such bullshit. He says, quote, Directly contradicting board member Stacy Cohen's version of Santa's events, the Baldwin City Signal newspaper reported that according to the school superintendent, after the usual and expected round of ho-ho-hos and dispensing of candy and a pencil, Santa would ask the children if they knew why Christmas was celebrated. When one or two of the youngsters would tentatively offer that Christmas was connected to the birth of Jesus, parenthetical, often the children were not absolutely certain, Santa concurred. Now, gotcha. that is Santa a whole nodded his assent in a That is a whole way. shitload of editorializing and stuff that will later be contradicted in this chapter that he wrote stuff. about what transpired. Good stuff. Oh, the, a lot of that is him taking what was actually reported by the Baldwin City Signal, uh, making a lot of it seem less offensive than it actually was, as was reported by the Signal, and adding his own editorial Nice. So, we continue on, and he's writing a lot here about this one article, which is basically the transcription and, and the, you know, if you've ever been in a small town where they have this sort of weekly newspaper, they always write about the school board. You know, the sort of town where I grew up, they would write about the local boards and everything they did at their meetings. And it's basically running through from start to finish. Here's what was said. It's like the minutes Here's of a little the meeting, bit of the top right? Because there's nothing better to write about, basically. Yeah, but less detailed and giving a little bit of, you know, um, quotes from people, what they said in particular, trying to highlight what the issues are. And that's what he's playing off for the majority of this chapter. Um, So this is another statement, a paragraph later from what he just wrote, where the story has changed already, where he says, quote, the board, Cohen included, and that's uh, Miss Stacy Cohen, whose daughter was told that you need to like Jesus to get presents, wanted an exact description of Santa's actions. At each elementary school, White said, Santa asked the students why Christmas is celebrated. In every school, one or more children would pop up and say, Jesus' birthday! Now, that's a lot different than the paragraph earlier where he said that one or two youngsters would tentatively offer that Christmas was connected to the birth of Jesus. Well, you're not being absolutely certain about it, of course. So, a paragraph later, he's already acknowledged that what he earlier wrote was bullshit. Good stuff. Great. We love that. We love, we love a consistent writer on this podcast. Yes. But on the next page, we get further into the rabbit hole, where we get a statement from Santa Claus oh, himself. Good. Okay, let's hear now, that. Now, this is a guy named Greg Childress. This is, the guy, this is the pastor who was playing Santa. And the author of this book, John Gibson, he actually emailed Santa, uh-huh. Greg Childress, to get some more detail about the story. And that's good reporting. You should do yeah. that. You shouldn't then lie about it and then put the truth a page later in your own book. Yeah. Where it very clearly shows that you're full of shit. Where this is what Santa said about his routine. Santa, Greg Childress, said, quote, Then I usually always will say, Who can tell me why we celebrate Christmas? And somebody will say, It's Jesus' birthday. And so I'll say, That's exactly right. It's traditionally been the reason we celebrated Christmas is that it's Jesus' birthday. And I said, You know, if we didn't celebrate Jesus' birthday, you and your teacher would probably be in school the next two weeks instead of getting ready to go out on holiday. Oh, God, Kevin... Why? So that goes further. 
Why though? I just and it's such a lot. Why do you put that in your book? <laughs> I love that so much. I can't. I, just, I, I, I can't truly love. I can't do it. That within a page, and he's gonna he's gonna go back right later in this chapter. He's basically going to go back and, and claim that his original version of the story was the right one. Even though he's just wrote something that is obviously worse than what his original version of the story yep. is. And right, and we should note, the problem with that statement is the, you know, if we didn't celebrate Jesus, you'd be stuck in school. Yeah, exactly. That is How'd you like more school? Shit. Yeah, it's absolutely coercive as hell. And so he then said, he has... Another statement about the same thing. Yeah. He keeps doing this. It got very repetitive. I got very bored, to be honest. Yeah, Gibson is a terrible writer, obviously. He keeps repeating the same thing over and over again. So here's another account of that same thing. So he says, quote, So then he goes around to the elementary buildings, and he simply asks the kids if they knew why we celebrate Christmas. And at every elementary school, at least one, and oftentimes quite a number more, would pop up and say, because it's Jesus' birthday, and then he would go on from that. Is what uh, that's what the superintendent said uh-huh. about. But this that, I mean, that so that is, is a leading question. Like you know, like it's very much. It's a not. Question. I mean, that is the reason. So, like, what is the answer supposed to be? Yeah, absolutely. And so, White, uh, the, the superintendent, uh, James White, and Childress deny that the "if you believe in Jesus, Santa will bring you toys" line ever happened. Okay, I would say. I believe it probably happened because I don't think that the little girl had a reason to lie or that the school, uh, the, the, the Miss uh, Cohen herself had a reason to there's lie. There's also just because- a, there's a, there's a logical thing there that you know this from the LSAT. Like, if we celebrate Christmas because it's Jesus' birthday and yeah. Jesus doesn't exist, then I can't get presents because it's not Jesus' birthday. But if Jesus does exist and I believe that, then I get presents. There's like a right. logical... And, and this girl, the, the daughter of the uh, school board uh, director, was in like fourth grade at the time. So, right, it's possible that like the, the guy said, well, you get presents because of Jesus. Like it was the other way around. That's still something you shouldn't have someone come in and say in a fucking public school. Yeah, ideally not. Ideally not. Absolutely not. But then he delves into the issue of who was it? Who was it that reported Santa? I, I like the this snitch because they're like, oh, and it was the Cohens. And then it has a quote from Mrs. Cohen being like, you know, I know that Cohen is a Jewish name, but I am actually yes. not Jewish. Yes. <laughs> this lady had to make clear that she wasn't Jewish. Yeah, she's like, I that actually so- celebrate Christmas. I just think this is bullshit. Like this specific thing is bullshit. Yeah, so what he says is he he talks about how, you know, the ACLU uh, letter came anonymously. anonymously. They didn't say who it was that had reported Santa, who the snitch was, right? Because when this sort of thing happens, particularly when we're dealing with religion, the people who make the report, if they put their names out in the public, get harassed to shit and run out of town. And sadly, that is what ended up happening to Miss Cohen. She ended up leaving town, and probably because a lot of the harassment she was getting. He does, even in this book, acknowledge that she was being harassed after all this went down with Santa Claus, despite her being a Christian and her celebrating Christmas herself. The fact that she was trying to make sure they had an inclusive environment in their public schools was too much in the the bluest county of Kansas. Yep, shocking. That she got run the fuck out of town. So, um, the, the line you were talking about, and I, before we get to that though, I, there are a couple other things here that I did, I did want to highlight. Sure. For example, 
uh, this one uh, statement from Ms. Cohen herself. And she said, quote, I know extremists say there shouldn't be anything about Christmas in public schools. I disagree with that, as I have, as have the courts, Cohen said, uh, writing it is in the emails between uh, the author and Ms. Cohen. She continued, quote, we are still a predominantly Christian nation, and Christmas is our biggest holiday. However, no student should be forced to question his own religion or be confused at school by Christian teachings. And the question I had for myself at that point is, is this supposed to be her sounding evil? Yeah, she's like, actually, Christmas is fine. Just like, also, I am not right. an extremist that wants to ban Christmas. Like, And he's going to be painting Cohen throughout this chapter as the evil dude. As eminently she's reasonable by guy. accident. Yeah, cool. She is. She is eminently reasonable. She is incredibly reasonable. And I, like I said, I read the entire school board meeting uh, stuff that they put out on the website. All this. She sounds nothing but completely reasonable the entire way through. She's just trying to be inclusive and say, you know, we have people of other faiths in our community and we don't want to be forcing Christmas on them. I love Christmas. I'm a Christian. But I just don't want to force that on other people because I care about people in my fucking community. Fair enough. <laughs> but then... We get to the part you were talking about, where she says, quote, um, while there are not many Jewish students in Baldwin, uh, there are a number of fundamentalist Christian families who celebrate Jesus' birth, but not the commercialism of the holiday, which includes Santa. It is confusing for them because they love Jesus and believe in him, but Santa doesn't visit them. My last name is Cohen, a very Jewish name, but I am not Jewish, nor is my husband. We celebrate Christmas and all other Christian holidays. <laughs> I realized after working around Jewish kids that Santa is secular for people who lean towards Christianity but who aren't very religious. But for everyone else, Jews, Muslims, etc., Santa is not part of yeah. their world ever. Because <laughs> they have other traditions. <laughs> I get, look, hey, the part of her very clearly stating that she's not Jewish, I... I it's funny. It's that funny sort of, is this anti-Semitic? I don't think it probably is. I think she was probably just being like, people probably accused yeah, her of being Jewish. Like, I know people are going to make assumptions and I would like Look, to. I, <laughs> I don't know what the Kansas accent is, but if it's anything like, you Jewish, you one of them there? No, yeah, I suspect that. there might have been, uh, <clears throat> there might have been some, some abuse uh, or yeah. aimed her away based on that. So, he returns to talking about the ACLU, basically to say that they said that Santa was sneaky, um, which I don't even really know where they got that. It might have been from an email between the author and someone at the ACLU, mm -hmm. where he says he was sneaky. He took access of his advan advantage of his access to children to preach, and that simply cannot be allowed to happen. Um, but that wasn't included in the letter, certainly. So I think that must have come from um, correspondence between the author and someone at the ACLU. But I would say, yeah, that is sneaky. That is the sneaky way of doing that. Yeah. It's like when you you know you go to In and Out Burger, they have fucking uh, Bible verses printed on the bottom of the cups and stuff. It's that level of sneaky, and it's something that we should avoid because we don't want to be coercing people in that way. Yeah, I didn't know that about In and Out Burger. That's another reason why it's terrible. How dare you? Uh, but he gets back to shitting on Cohen, which is basically what he does for the rest of this chapter, yeah. uh, where he points out that she also told the, told the board she was bothered by how much attention Christmas got in school activities during that time of the year. 
the newspaper account reported that Cohen had used her daughter's class project, a paper chain that counted down the days to Santa's visit on Christmas, as an example of school activities that could possibly exclude some students. Yeah. And that's true. And I read that exchange in the report. And she makes a very good point that for students who don't believe in Jesus or don't celebrate Christmas, You're what are they bringing down to home? A random day, like... Oh, the the annual year, uh, December 25th project that we do. There uh, we go, Mom. Yep. I'm bringing this home to our household where we don't celebrate this. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, and the superintendent had a response to this where he said, quote, With all the Christmas pageantry and hoopla that takes place from the 1st of December until December 26th to the 30th, whenever people quit taking gifts back to exchange them, White said in an interview looking back on the events, I don't know that anyone has attended any school, whether public or private, doesn't have an understanding of what's taking place. And that's... That so highlights the issue. Yeah, I think. it's also an argument that he doesn't against understand. It. Like, yeah, this shouldn't be in school. Like, it's not that people don't know what Christmas is; it's that you're unable to look at it from the vantage point of saying we shouldn't be forcing people to celebrate this. Yeah. everyone knows Christmas. You can't live in the United States and go Christmas. Christmas? Yeah, but also, what like, is people, this? Like, if people are in their own communities, then it's not necessarily something they're exposed to. Like, I, I definitely have friends that aren't Christian that, like, you know, they don't gather for Christmas. They don't have, like, a Christmas meal. Like, and it, like, yeah, it, you cannot it's be about exposed making to it and not kids understand feel... the traditions. Like, well, it's about making kids feel included. Yeah. And it's something that I highlight and probably the reason why I gravitated towards this book because of my own shame about my own past behavior. Uh -huh. When back when I was in high school and whatnot, I was the guy who was like, it's Christmas, motherfucker. And every time we did the Pledge of Allegiance, yelled out the under God part because I was a douchebag. That sounds like and it. And it wasn't that I wanted to emphasize how much I cared about those things. It's that I wanted to make other people feel bad for not caring about those things. Cool. That was the big emphasis for me. And as much as they want to hide it and pretend it's just about, oh, well, you know, it's, we're just trying to do what everybody does. It's just America, America, Christmas. You think of Christmas, you think of America. You think of America, you think of Christmas. There is an undercurrent to it that runs through it, whether they want to acknowledge it or not, where it's, you need to bow down to the thing that I care That I have about. normalized, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And Gibson says next. Oh, good. After all this we've been through about Cohen and all her reasonable statements, he says, quote, It was clear that Santa was being fired because Santa and the man who hired him were Christian, and some people wanted Christianity barred at the schoolhouse door. Cool. Followed by a statement from Miss Cohen, which says, quote, my daughter brought home something Christmas-related nearly every day during the month of December. How would I have felt if we were Jewish? Again, bring yeah. up the Jewish part. But her point is perfectly yeah. correct. Like, I get that it's Baldwin City, Kansas. You probably have two Jewish families in the whole town. But they exist, and there are plenty of other kids who belong to families that just don't celebrate. Yeah. That don't have religion. Maybe they do Christmas, but they're probably not religious. And he keeps trying to conflate... Christmas, the secular celebration, with yeah, this it's, issue it's of Christian the proselytizing adjacent, Santa. It? It's, it's, that's the thing. It's, it's Christianity. Well, it's the adjacent. proselytizing Santa that I think is really the big issue he wants to pretend didn't happen. Yeah. 
And he goes on, like we heard from uh, Dennis Prager, he goes on a little rant a bit about how we call Christmas programs holiday programs yeah, it's now. The same we don't like, even this call it Christmas. And it's the same shit. Like, nothing in their arguments has changed. And then he highlights again to show the contrast between Cohen and White that White is an active member of his Christian church and it must be in opposition to his Christian values that all this was done. <laughs> when again, I had to point out, Cohen herself said, She's a Christian. Yeah. She celebrates Christmas. It's ridiculous to me when just because someone doesn't feel the same way you do about a political issue, you say that they're attacking your Christianity, even if they are Christian. You have different ideas about what Christianity means, yes, but they're not attacking Christianity. It's ridiculous to me. But then we get into something I found even more interesting than all this Christmas It's very weird. It really took a turn. Okay, and the reason I found this so interesting is because I went and, like I said, I was looking through weeks of the newspaper from, from the time that this was going on. And uh, this controversy came up. And this is just an example he gives about another incident involving the superintendent, James White. Um, there was a book called We All Fall Down by Robert Cormier. Yeah. And I never read this book. Uh, I don't know if you have, but apparently it's one that was big for a while in, uh, you know, giving to high school age children and having them read for class and things like that, because apparently it's a very good book. It's very highly uh, regarded, highly uh, rated in all the places I could find about it. But it's got a lot of themes about sex and violence and things because it's about tragedy. It's about a family that faces tragedy and how they uh, handle all those tragedies. And that's the idea of having, you know, high school freshmen read it, is talking about these ideas of tragedy and issues that come up in people's lives. But obviously, because it deals with things like rape, sexual violence, all these issues, the evangelical Christian, James White, wanted it pulled from the classes. So, reading through all the newspaper like I did, I found there were far more articles, letters to the editor, and all this about this fucking book than the Christmas oh, shit. Oh, yeah. If you were to go back and just look at the newspaper and how much was written about it at the time, you'd go, oh, nobody cared about the Christmas thing. It was this fucking book everybody wanted to talk yeah, about. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, this seems way more controversial. Like, Yeah, so the, the book is, um, uh, like I said, it, it has a, a pretty graphic passage of, of a rape that took place. Um, and Balt, or, uh, Gibson wrote, quote, Superintendent White couldn't understand why passages about gang rape were to be read aloud to 14-year-old high school freshmen. Are you trying to convince kids that it's a part of life? That some girls are just going to get that raped? That is a bullshit argument. I, I, I don't know, he stammered. I just can't imagine the numbers of people they got up in open meetings and said, we shouldn't censor that. If that's what the teacher thinks is important to read, then we shouldn't censor it. So, okay, there's a lot to unpack there, yeah. right? There's a fucking lot to unpack there. A, it is a fact of life that some girls are going to get raped. Like, unfortunate as it is, we live in a shitty fucking society where rape happens. Yeah. And the fact that he doesn't want to acknowledge that that's a reality and that that's something that you encounter in your life when you're dealing with other people and, you know, hopefully never happens to you, but you will in your lifetime meet someone who was raped. Like, it's unavoidable that you will. Mm. Uh, the fact that he wants to deny that reality, absolutely astonishing yeah. to me. Absolutely fucking astonishing to me. The other part that's fascinating to me is going in through all of the uh, school board meeting stuff that I read through and everything when I was reading about this. Again, we had a situation where 
Miss Cohen was being remarkably reasonable about it. Okay. And the school board, I have to say, handled it in a very good way. They created a committee to read through the book and decide whether this was something that should be kept in curriculum. And in the end, they decided, yeah, this should be something that uh, this teacher, Miss Joyce Tallman, it was one teacher mm-hmm. who taught this book, and part of it was that they, they read it out loud. That was the part of this class. Um, they decided, yeah, they should be allowed to, to keep reading this book if they want to. We think this is something that does introduce uh, these high school students to these themes of loss and of tragedy and things that very well may happen in their lives and gives an opportunity for them to talk about those issues. And that's what the class was about, right? It wasn't just about reading this book. It was about reading this book and then talking about the issues in it. But... Mr. White and everyone else was still fucking furious that the school board in the end decided to return this book into the classroom. It's just, it's such a And then we end off the... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's all stupid. I hate this. It's very, it's very stupid. I I do have to say another highlight I found um, when I was going through all of this. I found an article from December 23rd, 2003, titled Baldwin Comic Book Artist Publishes Novel. And I open it up and it's fucking Andy Parks, who's an inker who does like Spider-Man and Superman and all sorts of big time comic books, had written his own 100 page graphic novel about a, a battle that took place or a massacre in 1933. I was like, holy shit, this is fucking amazing. I just found this randomly in the Baldwin City Signal. I love that kind of That's stuff. That's cool, yeah. And I gotta say, like, all this reading I did, it did make me go like, could, could I live in a tiny no. city like that? Could I no. do it again? And I realized, no, I want, I want all the stuff I like. I want all the stuff I like nearby. I can't do it. I just can't do it. So he launches into the end of this chapter, blaming Stacy Cohen pretty forcefully now for everything that oh, happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he implies, without any evidence, that Stacy Cohen was the one who went to the ACLU. And also that she was trying to get James White removed from yeah. his position as school He doesn't imply that. He says White thinks Stacey Cohen tried to apply pressure for him to be fired or resign. Yes. I, I, he does say White has no solid evidence, yeah, yeah. but it remains his suspicion. Yeah. <laughs> but he also tries to say something pretty stupid, which is, well, why didn't the ACLU go after them for taking the book out of the classroom? And his suspicion is because the ACLU didn't want to read headlines that would have said, ACLU sues for gang rape reading in classroom. Okay. Which, that's not how the ACLU works, no. for one thing. They don't just go... They, what I, the impression I get from reading this is he thinks that the ACLU is just monitoring every school in the United States looking for a reason to sue. The ACLU doesn't do anything until someone calls them and say, hey, says, hey, we have a problem. Yeah. Right? So the reason the ACLU went for Santa is because someone said, hey, there's a pretty big fucking problem here. Someone's proselytizing to my kid dressed as Santa. Yeah. But then we get the other reason, which is why, that Douglas County is the most liberal county in Kentucky. Uh, Kansas, in Ameri- he basically says in America, and then he calls it the Berkeley of the Plains, which is yes, certainly yes. like... He says, quote, as far as White is concerned, his problem is simply that the country he lives in is the Berkeley of the, the county, Plains. The quote, we have, a lo- okay, the, yeah, we have a lot of those more liberal views that come from the University of Kansas and the Lawrence area. Of the 105 counties in Kansas, this was the only one in the last election that didn't vote for the president and vice president, and that was Douglas County. Again, rewriting the same okay, shit he said pages that, ago. He's a bad okay, writer. First of all, yes. But then 
Also, the okay. next sentence. No, no, no. The next. As sentence. someone who lived in Berkeley, you don't get to fucking say Fine. that because you don't know what the fuck Berkeley no, is in Kansas. That's true. But then also, the next sentence really just undermines his point because White kept his job. <laughs> He's like, the yeah. liberals hate us, but also they, I, I still have my job. So. Yeah, and Stacey Cohen had to flee the exactly. fucking town. Exactly. She left her job. Uh, she was working at Baker University. She was in the public relations department for that Methodist university mm-hmm. and left and moved to Lawrence and went back to teaching. She got run out of fucking town by these people. And he even says some of the, the attacks that she faced. Like, she said, quote, I was shocked by how the Santa issue divided the community. Some of our friendly Christian residents left offensive messages on my answering machine. One said, fuck you and have a Merry Christmas. Oh. It was nice when my family came home that week. That to find That's that what a week they all Christmas. want to say, really, right? Isn't it? That's really? what the Merry Christmas That's... people want to say. That gets to the core of it. That's really what they all want to say. That really is the most, because when someone thinks they can do something like that anonymously and not have any repercussions, that's when they're going to say what they really think. And that's that's exactly it. Like, another person left her a message that said she needed to turn on a Billy Graham special that was on TV because she was obviously a, quote, very, very sad person. Uh, and making a Billy Graham, watching a Billy Graham special would make her a less sad person, of course. Yeah, and so I'm going to read the final paragraph of the chapter, Good as stuff. I always do, which is, quote, In Baldwin City Schools, both Santa and Stacy Cohen are gone. Neither is coming back. Superintendent White decided that Santa should remain out of the school classrooms until parents demanded his return. So far, the community has remained silent on the subject of Santa and Greg Childress. With his long white beard, his round belly, and his red suit, has not returned to the schools. What happened to the two Santa suits in the Baldwin City School? They're still hanging in the closet, Superintendent White said. My favorite bit about this is, uh, actually, no one really cared enough about the Santa to demand him return, so that's... (laughs) Exactly! So... Right, we've been through Gibson's version of the story, and there's just a few other things I want to bring up just to, to give the extra color that this story really needs. And one of them is that basically what the school board, the, the school board decided was that, you know, um, all this is such a big issue that this year I just think we should not have Santa in, and we need to, we need to work on our policies yeah. to make sure that we have this all squared up. That was the fucking decision of the board. Yeah. We're just not going to do it this year because this shit happened weeks before Christmas. So they said, you know what, let's just hold off on Santa this year and we'll we'll revisit it. We'll figure it out if people care enough. And nobody fucking cared enough. And that's where this all comes down to. What we just read through in this book, The War on Christmas, which should be all of the best arguments that they have to show us that there really is a war on Christmas. A minor controversy in a tiny fucking town. yeah, Yeah. A minor school board spat and a spiteful school superintendent who is convinced that everyone hates his Christianity. That's what we just read through. I think that's so fucking enlightening about what the war on it's Christmas really quite is. It's funny, to be honest. I'm sad you made me read is... 20 pages of it, though. <laughs> and look, when it comes down to it, right? This, this is my Christmas message right, at this point, go. right? I enjoy Christmas. I think it's a wonderful holiday. It's, you know, at this point, for me, for me, it's a secular holiday, obviously, since I don't have a religion. Um, and I think for a lot of people, it's just a secular holiday in general. It's one that you can use as an excuse that we so often need to enjoy time with our family and friends, to show them how much we care by giving gifts and spending time and talking with them and all those things, even your crazy aunt who you really don't uh, want to uh, see. But I think we shouldn't be forcing it on people 
who don't feel that they need it, who feel that they have their own culture, their own celebrations, who don't want your holiday. There's no reason to try and force it on people. And if I could go back in time and stop myself from being the douchebag that I once was and telling people it's Merry Christmas, I absolutely would, but I can't. So the next best thing that I can do is try and work on behalf of people in some small way who are being targeted by the person that I used to be and try and make the world a little bit better place. And I think that's something we can all take into the holiday season and enjoy. What a lovely So regardless message. of what you celebrate, well, yeah, regardless of what you celebrate, we wish you a happy holiday. Merry Christmas. From the, <laughs> from the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast. No, happy holidays, indeed. And we hope you enjoy the show. Like I said, we'll be having that bonus episode come out early in the new year for you to enjoy. We'll have new episodes. We might be a little bit late next week because we have some scheduling difficulties. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how things holidays. go. It is the holidays. And we'll probably be drinking quite a bit around the holidays. <laughs> probably. So, I will try not to drink before we record directly. Yes. Once again, thank you all so much for being listeners of the show. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember, if you can't get enough of us, you can give us a holiday present by going over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $2 an episode. That's $4 a month. For patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, drawings to win our copies of the books we read, and more. And as always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, Megan Ruth, Savia Kino, Glaurung the Deceiver, Danielle, Terrified, will be pecked to death by lame ducks, Becky Scott Fairley, who I think I forgot to respond to on Twitter in our most recent message. I'll get back to it. Stephen and Cindy Dimmick, AJ Brantley, Taro Takanen, Skeptical Seventh, and Andrew Janko. Thank you all so much for being our patrons. Well, that's it for this week's show. Till next time, for Asgard. Goodbye. Bye. Grandmother's Book Club Podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.